You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about shedding your limiting labels and beliefs. We have a really interesting guest this week. I'm going to tell you how I even connected with this guy. But first, let me set you up with a quote from him that I think might set the stage. And he says that despite opposition and limited perspective of some, to stay true to the path you are on can help to overcome most of life's obstacles. So right when you're wanting to throw in that towel, just take a pause, take a break and persevere. So with that, let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Russ, Russ Russell Matthews. Um, So I've been chatting with him before I push record. So now I feel like I should just call him Russ. Do you go by Russ or Russell? Well, what's funny about it is that I'll just real quick is I've always gone by Russ. But then when I moved to Australia, everybody started misspelling my name because of my accent. They spelled it Ross. And so I started introducing myself as my actual name, Russell, which my mother loves. You know, my mom loves the fact that she finally gets to hear it. That's right. And so everybody in Australia knows me as Russell. But in true Australian form, it gets shortened to Russ really quickly. So all of my friends or mates, as we call them here in Australia, would call me Russ. Okay, well, let me give you give folks the little quick bio on you, and then I want you to fill in around the edges. So, Russ, Russ, first of all, I know Russ through his brother, and I don't really even know his brother. Way back in the early <laughs> 2000s, mid-2000s, right, his brother, Mitch Matthews, who some of you may know from this podcast or listening or other communications we've had out in the world, um, I went through his training to his certification as a coach, Wow! right? So I go through the training. It was great. I'm nervous. I keep going, but I learned some things from your brother that have stuck with me to this day. And part of it's his enthusiasm, but then his other people he read and followed and stuff have all like, you know, we filter in and kind of merge, right? So a week ago, and this is quick turnaround for a podcast guest. I see a random post from Mitch in a feed that I rarely read because I'm not on Facebook often, (laughs) but it's a picture of Russ holding up this new book. And the title of the book is what caught my mind, my attention. And I thought, okay, I don't really reach out to people who I don't know or I just follow, but Saturday morning, hey, if Russell would like to be on the podcast, I'd love to have him. And then I bought the book, not knowing whether or not I'd ever get to have you on the podcast, Russell. So anyway, long story longer. It worked out. Russ was able to schedule for today. And I'm going to let you say a little bit about your background, where you were, how you got from the States, because you're originally from the States, to where you're living in Australia now. Sure. Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. This is, I love all these connections, especially if you get to include my brother in the mix, because he's a great guy. I absolutely love my brother. And um, so real quick, I grew up in Iowa in the middle part of the United States and I loved my life there. We had um, a great experience um, as far as growing up in the heartland of America. Um, I was in business um, for quite a few years, worked in retail and actually opened some stores around the country and on the East Coast. And that's where I met my beautiful bride, Kathy. And we had our first three 
children um, there in Baltimore in the Washington DC area. Then we moved back with the same business opportunity back into Iowa. And there, interestingly enough, I kind of ended up having some different opportunities and considerations about going and doing mission work overseas. And so I ended up doing, going to um, a theological school there in Iowa. And then an interesting opportunity, probably don't want to go into all of the details right now, but I ended up in Australia. And Australia is not necessarily where most people think of going and doing mission work or ministry work, but it is where um, we just would say that the Lord put us. And we have loved it. We've been here for 17 years. It's a very different country than most people experience, but also even the ministries that we've been able to be able to be a part of have been incredible. And so I work for an organization called City Bible Forum and also Third Space and where we try to engage with the bigger questions of life and also consider how we can find that third space, that place where people can meet and discuss in an atmosphere um, that's safe and also an opportunity to discuss some of the bigger questions of life. And one area that I do that with is in film. And so we have, we started a ministry about 10 years ago called Real Dialogue. It's R double E L Real Dialogue, where we show films and then we have panel discussions um, that we have a discussion about the film and the themes of the film. And it's amazing. We'll get hundreds of people coming along to these events. They just absolutely love it. Then on top of it, we build relationships with film distributors around the country. And so now we do film reviews, We've been doing reviews for about uh, 10 years. And so we have, have about five or six different writers that are writing for us doing film reviews and then also discussion guides on kind of talking again about some of the bigger questions of life and God um, through film. So when you first went to Australia, was City Bible Forum Third Space already going full bore or were you in on the front end of something that was just starting to grow into what it has become today? Right. Well, you know what's amazing about it is that when I when I got here, City Bible Forum had already been in existence for quite a few years. And so, but they're really good friends of mine. We really were only in two cities. We were in Sydney and Perth. And so since I've been here, we are now in every major business district in Australia. Um, we have a team that's a national team that's just grown. And we thought that even during the whole pandemic situation and the challenges that that presented over the last couple of years that we would shrink because a lot of our events were public events, people getting together and meeting in discussion groups and all these things. And but interestingly enough, because of the online experience and in Zoom and all of these other things, we've actually grown as an organization. We have a national team. Now, my team isn't just in Sydney. It's in Perth. It's in Hobart. It's in Melbourne. It's all over the country. And then on top of it, we have an international audience, especially with real dialogue, because people love movies and movies just kind of cut across cultures. And it just gives us great opportunities to be able to kind of discuss so much that there is out there about life um, and really kind of engage with people around the world. So I wanna talk a little bit more about the movies and your fascination with them, because okay. from what I've read on you, that is something you've always loved movies, right? Right. So oh, when well, did you start, get, oh yeah, but to dissect them and review them and stuff, that takes a observational ability. Right. Well, okay, I'm going to give credit to my mother. Are you ready for this one? Okay, I like so, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give credit to my mother. And um, it's primarily because, well, and Mitch was actually even a part of this. So in Iowa, you wouldn't think about the, the thing that we would really love to do would be to travel into the big city 
big into Des Moines and go see movies. This was back before VHS, before DVDs and streaming. And we would go and see on the big screen movies. And we just absolutely love that. But see, my mom, quite a clever woman, um, and uh, she wouldn't let the two boys sitting in the back seat who were kind of punching each other and just kind of getting on each other's nerves um, get away with just saying that they liked the movie or didn't like the movie. They, she'd say, okay, tell me what you liked about the movie and what you would tell a friend about it. Well, that has just kind of grown over the years. Yeah, I know. She's a pretty amazing lady. And uh, um, shout out to Dolores. She's a, she's a pretty amazing lady. And um, she really uh, kind of got us started on the journey. So Mitch and I have actually always loved film and we've talked about films for years. But then this whole thing in, in Australia, I just got connected. This kind of goes to your old connections with friends. I got connected because I was running these large groups and we had a whole month where we just had brought in a film reviewer, a producer and a writer, and they ended up doing this whole series of panels on kind of talking about the bigger questions of life and God through film. And so that's when we really started the doing the film reviews for Real Dialogue. And it's just kind of progressed from there. And 10 years later, we're just still loving it. And it still just gives us some great opportunities. So how do you choose the films that you use? Because and I will spend more time speaking specifically about the book, but I noticed that in the book you're using films that are well-known, not all that current, right? So they've got a long viewership, I guess I would say, right. that resonates yeah. with multiple generations. So how do you pick the films that you show in dialogue around? Or is there something you look for? Or, or can you actually do dialogue, meaningful dialogue about around almost any film? All right. Well, so I'll just do, I'll try and do this as quick and as short as I possibly can for you is um, we, one of the things that happens is a lot of times the film distributors want to give us a film because we kind of have a niche market. And so they'll give us a pre-screening for a film and say, Hey, you can do this, fill the cinema, get people talking about it and, and all that. And said, so, great. Um, and so sometimes we're just given a film while other times we get to choose films and we try to find films that really kind of point towards some of the bigger um, questions about life, you know, redemption, forgiveness, God, what, you know, all these different elements. And they don't have to be spiritual films or say, Christian films. They, they just have to be films. And we because the thing is, is that it's really easy to invite somebody to come watch a movie. And so one of the most recent ones we did was Elvis and Man, it was amazing. Now get this. Okay, you're gonna love this one. So <laughs> we did it as as students, and so we had you know 60 plus students in the cinema. They loved the movie. We were sitting down having dinner, and they were talking all about it. And one of the students, who's an international student um, from Asia, and he said, "You know what? I love this, and I really enjoy talking about God. But you know what? I've never heard of Elvis before." And so. I mean, yeah, I know. So it was like, it was, we get to introduce a whole other aspect of, it's not just kind of looking at God, but it's also looking at just film and a story, the value of story. I've seen this on your podcast is the value and the importance of story in people's lives and everybody has one. So why not look at a film story and then look at how that impacts your story. And then that's really what we kind of tried to do. So we, we do choose films. I mean, I do, I will admit, we kind of stay away from films that we do with real we review every film um, that we possibly can that film distributors give us just because we get the opportunity to do so. But there are some films that may cause some people to struggle, be it violence or sexual content and all that. So we probably wouldn't do those as an event, um, but we still do review them and uh, give our input, kind of our unique spin on um, the reviews themselves. 
I like it. Now, no, having done that work for as long as you have and probably well into the future, are you able to watch a movie real time and not dissect it and look for the themes and what you're going to talk about? Yeah. Um, yes. Yes and no. I probably would say that I probably overanalyze it probably at the beginning. But also one thing that really um, rings true for me and what's the beauty of having a, a team that's writing for me. Sometimes I get to, I don't have to necessarily go in and review the film. I can go like last night we got to go see a beautiful film called Miss Harris Goes to Paris. And I didn't have to review it because I had another writer who did a great job of reviewing it. And so I just got to enjoy the film. It was a beautiful film. I got to enjoy the time with my wife. And so I didn't have to dissect it. But in the end, you still kind of go through and go, oh, but man, the cinematography and all this. And you can really appreciate it. But um, but here's one thing, though, to kind of I think maybe where you're going through with that question too is I still love going to see films I mean even the bad ones because I mean people go oh you get to go see free movies and I go well yeah but I have to go see them all or my team does and um, some of them aren't great you know but we still have to review them and we can't just be snarky about it we've actually got to write something that's worthwhile listening to and so yeah so no I, I thoroughly enjoy I still enjoy the process we still love movies um, yeah. even though there's some that aren't as good as others. That's true. And so I love the ones that you think about a couple of days later. They just don't yeah. leave you, you know. Yeah. Actually, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris was one of those for me. Like we watched it, we enjoyed it. And I woke up the next day, my husband goes, I'm still thinking about that movie. <laughs> I said, I know. Right. Because there were some interesting twists in there. Yeah. You know, and um, anyway, I digress, as I often do. So let's talk <laughs> about your book. Okay. Let's do it. Um, first of all, for the listeners, I did buy the book. And yeah. I read it. I mean, I read it. Well, I bought it on a Saturday morning and it was done by Sunday noon. It's not that long, but it was that interesting. Right. I just had oh, fun. I connected with the characters. I wanted to know where you were taking me. And as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, man, this guy sucks you right in. I'm like reading. And I'm thinking, OK, my husband goes, are you ready to go? I go, oh, yeah, five more minutes. I'm thinking just one more chapter. <laughs> so what have you, first of all, did you have this idea for your book for a while or did you just decide to write it? What prompted it? Yeah, well, okay. Well, that's a, that is a good question. And I think that uh, I did, the thing is I work with a lot of different authors and different writers and people have really um, admired Real Dialogue as a ministry. And so they go, hey, why don't you do a book on how you do Real Dialogue? And I go, okay. And so we wrote a few chapters and I was co-writing with another guy and Sarah, it got to the end and it was boring. I mean, I was like, going, oh, this is like, ugh. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, going, this is as bad as exciting as watching paint dry. And I'm like, going, and the thing is about real dialogue and about movies is that they're exciting. This is a ministry that's vibrant and just people enjoy engaging with stories. And it's like, going, we can't put out a boring book. And so we kind of let it sit for a little bit. And I would have to say I was prompted by and motivated by because I was in business for quite a few years. And um, I love the books that were more of a parable that, you know, so who moved my cheese, the greatest salesman in the world, death by meeting. Um, these are just great books because they don't just tell you how to do it. They show you how to do it. And they do it in a short, short book. I, I wanted to keep it short. I call it a train read in the sense that, cause here in the city, we, in Sydney, we, we are on public transport a lot. And just where it's an easy read, a quick read, but also hopefully, as we say, it's kind of instructional fiction. And so, all of a sudden, I was kind of given uh, these characters that I've, interestingly enough, fallen in love with more and more as I continue to talk about them, but Finn Rowan and Dylan Quaid. And these, the story about a young guy who just kind of was um, 
kind of got has everything going in his life, got a great family, got a good job, all these things, but uh, he isn't very satisfied with it. And then all of a sudden he runs into somebody who kind of helps direct him um, down a path. And interestingly enough, he's a film reviewer. So it's a, um, it's a great way for us to be able to kind of introduce how we do it. But then on top of it in the book, we have a study guide. You can actually go through and do the study guide with them as if you're either one of the characters or as, as you're kind of traveling through the book. Cause you know, like a movie you want to go, you go see a movie with somebody, right? You want to share. It's, it's meant to be a shared experience. Those weird reviewers who go by themselves, you know, it's kind of sad, but it's what we do. But most people go see movies together. And so really reading this book and I'm not trying to sell more books, but really reading this book, it's a lot more fun if you do it with somebody. So let's say that you meet someone like our listeners who you're not meeting yet. Um, and they say, well, how will I be different from reading this book? What can I expect to happen to me from reading this book? What, how would you explain the book and that hope that you have maybe for them? Yeah, well, there's there's probably two sides to that coin because interesting because there's two primary characters. Even though there's a lot more, you'll see their families are introduced and all this. So there, there's a depth to it. It's not just two guys talking the whole time. Um, but one is kind of somebody who's searching for more in life. So they're really looking to see what they can really where they're at. They're they may have everything that the world has to offer, but they're looking for something more. And so this book really kind of allows for the reader um, or those who are kind of experiencing it to go, you know, oh, okay, well, there's a unique spin. I mean, we do include, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the spirituality, their God, God the Bible, all that's included in there. But then on top of it, there's also the other side. So say you're a person like myself who's been around for a little while. And older is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And let's just go to the reality of it all. I yes, own it. it just I own it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I love it. You know, I'm a grandfather. I absolutely love, you know, that this life. I, I enjoy this part. And and one of the joys of this season of life is getting to invest in others. And even though I haven't lived a perfect life and I, and there's a lot of mistakes that I've made, but hopefully even in the positive things and those challenges that I've had in life, I can share from that experience and hopefully build a mentor. And that's really what Finn Rowan is. And Finn is actually, the name actually means sage or wisdom in Irish, um, Irish heritage. It is just a way to be able to kind of gain wisdom from somebody who's kind of been there before and kind of lived it all. And if you've, you've come to realize that, that a lot of times Finn doesn't answer a lot of questions, he just asks a lot of questions, you know, he asks a lot of questions to gain understanding of who the person is that's sitting across the table from him, and then be able to hopefully gain, get some knowledge, and well as using sources outside of himself, to be able to kind of point his mentee or Dylan to how he can get the answers he's seeking. The other thing I found that you did in the book I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it without talking about it, but I thought that, the, well, because I don't want to give away the story. It's, it's a good story, right. but the, the Thank you. lessons learned through observation on uh, Dylan's part, right? When he goes in and he sees right. how the people react and all that kind of thing. And, and he modifies his behavior, um, what happens for him? So like in the cafes and stuff, he observes and he wonders, how does how does that always happen? And then it's like, how do people know him and all these things? But it's so great because those are the tiny little tweaks we can make in life to see immediate improvements, right? They're not 
Like he didn't have to go for years trudging down this terrible trail to figure stuff out. No. You know? So and, I'm and well, wondering. And you didn't have to go to a mountaintop to find the answer. You know, it's literally they're sitting in a cafe and they only sit together probably for about an hour or so. But yeah, then he goes home and he's kind of given these challenges um, to kind of just watch a movie and then maybe read a portion of the Bible. Yeah. And Wow. And then on top of it, talk with his wife. Oh, my goodness. What a good idea. You know, um, who, who knows that you maybe have one of the greatest sources of wisdom and sitting there right there with you, you yeah. know, your spouse. And, uh, and so, well, I love that because so I like how you painted his wife. I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> yeah, Tina is great. And actually, Finn's uh, Finn's Finn's wife uh, is Lisa is probably one of my favorite characters, too. I, I, yeah. So we'll, we'll see uh, what happens as the years progress, if there's another opportunity to introduce some of these characters. So when you you're going to be coming to the States to travel around your for your book yeah. or just to visit and stuff? No. Um, so what we do is we actually travel around. We have people who um, have invested in what we do um, for years. And so there's through churches and people, we're going to kind of, we'll be talking with a whole bunch of people talking about the ministries of Real Dialogue and Third Space, um, as well as what our family, what's been going on in our family's life. And then the book is just kind of a kind of icing or cherry on the top that we get to talk about. And look, interestingly enough, you can talk about the hardships of the last few years, but one good thing about being in lockdown Give me a whole lot of time to be able to kind of sit down and really kind of nut out something like this. And so uh, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. So we'll be there in, from November to through December, primarily in the Midwest. Um, but uh, uh, we, we might be out on the East Coast, too. So. I think you should put up a schedule of where you're going to be when. Just, oh, okay. just in case uh, some of our listeners want to check you out, you know, yeah, you make go. sure we get it. it. We'll share it. <laughs> Honestly, we've got Thanks. people yeah, from definitely. all over. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So no, yeah, we would we and, and definitely all of these these venues and things they would be open to anybody coming along and hearing kind of what it is, and you get to see the bigger picture. It's not just we, we're not just I'm not just going to be sitting there selling books. It's really about we're talking about the book is just really kind of what's happened over the 17 years we've been here in Australia, um, and so to really be able to showcase some of the different things that we do as far as real dialogue and with third space. Now, do you see? Um mirrors of the work you're doing there here in the states as much i mean here you are you've got you've spread and grown through australia and i know you've got international folks working on your behalf but is that trend as much here or is growing here as much as it did or has been in australia with the ministry well yeah oh i i think that that's there's there are things that you can find and i do have a lot of people and connections in the united states obviously growing up there where people do similar things you know and you can probably appreciate this too sarah is that you know australia is a very different country than mm -hmm. than america you know as far as the landscape the cultural underpinnings and all that and so when there's there's elements of what we do that will easily translate back in America or in England and in other areas of the world, actually pretty much in, it, in most countries, but yet you still have to kind of adapt to the cultural context sure. of what that is. And so um, I think that with Real Dialogue and what we're doing, especially with the City Bible Forum and Third Space, could easily translate well um, in these various countries, but it would be good working with people who kind of have an understanding of the culture and how to translate that um, into the cultural context that they're in. Because um, I think that, but specifically with Real Dialogue, 
I think this just kind of cuts across to every kind of cultural barrier in so many ways because people love going to see movies. Now, I will have to say, um, if you don't like mo- movies, I'm not trying to convince you to go watch movies, you know, for people, your audience. Don't worry, we know movies. you're not a shill for the movie industry. I'm not worried about that, Russ. <laughs> but, but the thing is that most people do, all I have to do is people go, oh, I don't watch movies. I'm going, how many streaming services do you have right now? Right. And, you know, if they just have one, then I'm like, going, come on, you know, you do watch movies. And so, because this book, I really would say is for anybody who's ever watched a movie ever. You know, it's not just a, the, the, those people who are movie buffs who just go see movies every single week or, or down and trying to get all the newest stuff. It's anybody who's ever watched one. Because like you were saying, I, I mean, th- there's movies that I watched when I was a kid growing up that I still remember lines from that are still impact me. I mean, I grew up in Iowa field of dreams still wrecks me every single time. It's one of my every favorite movies ever. It. Oh, it's so good. One you know, so ever. that's, that's the kind of thing we're doing. So yeah. So I, we welcome anybody coming along okay. if they want to come and hear more about what we're doing. Well, and part of why I asked that question was just thinking about the, you know, here in the States, I'm specifically talking about, but just like the angst that people are feeling. And I think around the world too, with the, you know, Mm. the economy and all of that. And that sometimes just, this is me, this is my simplistic way, but just calming ourselves down enough to have a dialogue around something we can discuss where there's no winners, no losers. It's a discussion, right? You don't have to like walk out and go, I'm victorious. I got my point across. Um, is a way that we can calm down and start to hear each other, you know? So that's part of it. It's, it's it. like, how do we talk? Oh, I think that that's, there, there's two, two things to what you're saying right there that we talk about all the time is one, you know what? I, I, some of my best friends don't agree with everything that I do theologically, personally and all that, but yet we still love going and seeing movies together. And also we love sitting down next to each other and having the back and forth and talking about not just how what we disagree maybe about the movie, but just even in life. But yeah, we still walk away friends at the end of the day, you know. And um, I think that there's something to that that we really have kind of lost. We've lost the art of conversation. And it's unfortunate where we can respect one another, still like each other at the end of the day, even though we may disagree on certain things and hope the best for them, too. And so that's really one of the things that we really strive to do. But on the other side of it too, and this is where you're very good at this, but you're just letting me talk is um, we aren't very good at listening anymore. I, I really find that most people don't just kind of take a moment and just don't try to think of the answer that you have to whatever it is. Somebody's having this conversation. Just listen, listen to what they're saying and then be able to engage with them afterwards. And I think that that just is a, a beautiful gift when you actually are an effective listener and then also can invest in somebody's life afterwards. Sometimes listening for what's not being said as well. It's like, hmm, wonder why we're avoiding that. Yeah. But don't go there unless you really want to stay there because you don't open that can of worms if you plan on, oh, I got to go in five. Right? She just doesn't do that. Exactly. Well, well, that's even, but that's also even what you can kind of see in the book. You know, half the time, it's just a matter of asking the right question, then just allowing this person to talk. And in, in valuing the fact that they're they're going to share with you what what it is and will they change or will they change the way that you want them to maybe not but that's really not your choice right the goal is really just kind of building into that relationship and yeah. so i yeah i love it I, I think that uh we have lost that art in so many ways but yet i think we can get it back it's not something that's gone 
I don't think it is either. I think it just has to have a desire to like have a different kind of connection. Right. You know, just be intentional. I'm not having that kind of connection where we have to choose off or whatever. I want a different connection. And when that's your intent, it can happen because all it takes (laughs) is one person in the conversation to, to choose to be different. Yeah, that's right. Well, and it's actually really, it's also that it's that loving your neighbor as yourself, you know, kind of wow. idea that, well, actually, I value who you are. I want, and obviously, you've gotten to this point in life because of all of your experiences, good and bad. So why aren't I willing to listen to that? And even though I may have ideas or solutions or things that maybe would help you, okay, that's fine. But I think that really, you've got to hear them first before you really can know how to even begin to help them. Yeah. So I would totally agree. We make a lot of assumptions and we don't check them out oh, and pause. That's right. Right. I would, I'll tell okay. you this sh- short story. I told the team when we met last week, but so I've been kind of go, go, go for a while. And I finally sure. get off my rear and get a massage schedule with someone I've never gone to before. <laughs> right. But it's a referral from someone I trust. You know, it's a, sure. putting me in on a Sunday. So I walk into his office or his place have, and if you've ever had a massage, the whole point is to keep it calm and zen-like, right? Right. And it all feels like that until <laughs> I walk in the room, right? And he and he's already right. got all my bio, like where I ache and what's going on, am I my healthy? All that stuff's done, so I don't need to chit chat. And so I'm, but I'm not looking at his room. I'm looking at him. And he said, "Well, if you're ready, just go ahead and get on the table. When you're ready, I'll be back." So I turn around, I look at the walls, and I'm what I'm looking at is Frankenstein. I'm looking at movie theater pictures of Frankenstein and little things. And I'm wondering, (laughs) I'm not kidding. And, but it's all mood lighting, right? So it's kind of calm. And in my head, I have two thoughts. Is this guy wacko or is he (laughs) celebrating Halloween and he's got a really kid-like spirit? I don't know. But I'm thinking, okay, Sarah, (laughs) choose to, first of all, trust the person who referred you and everybody else who said this guy was great. Give it a shot. And if he's a wacko, you're not coming back. So anyway, but I shared that with someone. They said, I never would have even gone. And I said, but how many people do we discount out of hand? Because our first impression doesn't jibe with our expectation. And I will tell you, Russ, it was probably one of the best massages I've ever had. And um, (laughs) there you go. But I'm thinking, but, but here's my curiosity. When I go back, which I will, but it'll be after Halloween, if he still has those up on his wall, I'm going to ask him why this decor. Come on. Exactly. What, what did you do? What did you choose? It's always always funny because you just never know. Because actually, it's, it's actually one of the things. I it's a testing ground. You can actually kind of see it in the book. Because I ask people all the time, so tell me your favorite film, and it it's amazing what just opens up. You know, because I find it uh, where how how in the world did that movie become your favorite, you know, and uh, it's an impossible question for somebody like myself who watches a few movies every once in a while, but it is a a great question to really begin to kind of scratch into the surface and find out exactly why it is that you would put Frankenstein on your wall. You know, it's like, Oh, okay. Um, Because, but yet it does, it just, it's a very uh, non-invasive, but yet really quite uh, exposing question in so many ways. It is. Well, I'll be asking that question if it's not down when I see him after Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm I'm thinking, Hey, David, what's, what's up with this? Yeah, I know. Okay. And if it's him, if it's him, I'm okay with it, but I just, I just want to know. So Russ, as we wrap (laughs) this up, um, 
I want to ask you to share, do you have anything you want to let readers, listeners, readers, I'm expecting people to read your book, but listeners to the podcast know um, what's available to them, where they can connect with you, how to get your book. Sure. Oh yeah. So it's, it's pretty easy. Um, if you want to get the book, all you have to do is you can get it on Amazon anywhere in the world. So it's pretty much on Amazon, um, wherever you are, if you can pick it up, you can get an ebook or also you can get it in, in paperback. If you want to, you can go to thirdspace.org.au, which is uh, our kind of our overall work or ministry work website. And the, and the book is there and it's available for you to be able to pick up there too, if you'd like. And then if, if you're really interested even further, um, it's in the book, but then on top of it, if you wanna just kind of go check out all of our reviews, um, all of our discussion guides, our collections, and even our training, um, it's real dialogues, R double E L dialogue.com. And so these are kind of where it's pretty simple and straightforward. Um, but it's, it's also, there's just tons of opportunities. And if you, especially if you enjoy movies at all, this is a really great way for you to be able to do that. And if you want to really get the conversation moving towards uh, more about God and, and, and even the Bible with this, we really encourage you to do that. And it will help do that in a fun yeah. way. Um, that'll seep into your brain. So, all right. <laughs> so listeners, check Russ's book out. Check out Third Space. Just check out everything. It'll be in the show notes. You don't have to do much work to find it. Um, I hope if you have enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Um, you know, mm. the holidays are coming up. And if you want to buy a book for a friend, this wouldn't be a bad one. Um, right. Parables last a long time and they can be passed down. Do. So um, Russ, with that as the ending, what I have one last question is what's the okay, next great. film that you're picking? Not because it was sent to you, but the next film you guys are looking forward to watching together, you and your wife. Oh, you know, the next book that's, I mean, the next um, film that is definitely on my radar is called The Fablemans. And it's uh, Steven Spielberg. It's his kind of autobiographic of his life as a child growing up and actually what inspired him to become one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. And it looks beautiful. I mean, it just looks fantastic as he always is. He's probably one of our most people's favorite um, directors, but then to be able to kind of have a look into what made him the person that he is as far as an artist. So it's the Fablemans is the ones that I'm looking forward to in the weeks ahead. Good. Now it's on my list. <laughs> I'll be cool. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Well, send me your review. Well, send me your review, Sarah. That's what I want to know. Okay. That'll, that'll sound good. All right, Russ. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much for being on the No Labels, No Limits podcast. And I look forward to learning more about your journey as you go forward. No, thanks so much. I really appreciate being a part of it. Thank you. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.